Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, we're so glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool. It's going to be a fun one today. We've got two good martinis and a really crazy one. So uh, uh, we're glad you're with us for the for the discussion today. Jim, uh, let's start with good martini number one. It was just a couple of days ago that President Biden came out and told uh, certain governors, he may have even mentioned specific states like Florida and Texas, either help us uh, get people vaccinated and uh, take care of the pandemic or get out of the way, man. Well, Florida's actually been pretty aggressive in vaccinating people. In case you don't know, Florida has a sizable portion of senior citizens in its population, and so that's certainly been the priority down there. Uh, They are up in terms of numbers of hospitalizations lately, though. But uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who many think uh, could be a serious contender for the Republican presidential nomination in 2024, if he's able to uh, hang on and get reelected next year, uh, not taking that lying down, firing back at Joe Biden on Wednesday. Here are uh, three different clips of Ron DeSantis explaining why Joe Biden needs to stay in his lane, starting with how Biden's actually making the COVID problem worse on the border. Uh, This is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to, quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. And it's not just from Mexico. In fact, it's rarely from Mexico. You have over 100 different countries where people are pouring through. Not only are they letting them through, they're then farming them out all across our communities across this country. And then he talked about uh, Biden's penchant for locking down and mandates. He says that's not what we're doing in Florida. So his vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination. And law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live an everyday life? Give me a break. And so I think the question is, is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And I had one more clip, but he was basically telling Biden uh, to keep his trap shut until he uh, solves the border issue. So, Jim, uh, one of the things we love about Ron DeSantis is he's able to punch back hard, but he stays on message. There's not a lot of ad hominem attacks. Uh, He's just very effective at counterpunching, and he did a great job here, and the facts are on his side. Yeah. One of the things that kind of jumps out there is that you you see a lot of people who have compared DeSantis to Trump. And yeah, he's got that pugnaciousness. He's not afraid to take on the media or stuff like that. But one of the, you know, one of the lessons of politics is fight from the high ground. Right. If you have a circumstance in which you've got a really strong argument and it's really tough for the other guy to defend what they're doing or what they're saying, Steer the conversation in that area. Like, don't don't get into where it's the weakest for your one. You know, put them on the defensive by pointing out where their position is most ridiculous. And I think in both of these two examples, whatever else you think of vaccination rates, whatever else you think of 
uh, masks or, or making people show their proof of vaccination or stuff like that. It simply doesn't make any sense to have people coming across the border who are not vaccinated. And really just shockingly, uh, according to McAllen, Texas, apparently 1,500 people came in positive for coronavirus. So before you tell anybody else in America what they've got to do to stop the spread, stop letting infected people run around <laughs> who are in the country illegally. That doesn't make sense at all. Um, and then the contradiction of you think it's ridiculous to make people show ID, but they do have to show proof of vaccination to vote. That's a perfectly absurd contradiction there. Uh, DeSantis is very good at this. And I think the other thing is that it's going to be interesting to see because most of Biden's efforts on the coronavirus so far, although I think it's the, the ground is shifting underneath our feet. Finally, we're all in this together. That Biden wanted some bipartisan accomplishments, and that generally he saw everybody wants to stop the virus, so there'd be this. You know, now that we're in this tougher spot, I think you're going to see the Biden playbook get more partisan. Now, you could argue actually it was already there when he said that you know uh, Texas taking down its mass mandate was a Neanderthal idea and stuff like that. But uh, I think you're going to see the Biden administration hungering for a scapegoat. I'm going to make two observations about this. The first is that on the uh, most recent Quinnipiac poll that came out, said that uh, uh, Biden, you know, always so far in this presidency, Biden's you know handling of the, the coronavirus pandemic was always where he was doing the best. And in May, Quinnipiac, you know, did a national poll and found that 65% to 30% Americans approved of Biden's handling of the coronavirus response. Well, fast forward now, late July, early August, it's now 53% to 40%. And he's still above water. That's good. But that's actually, you know, 65 down to 53, you know, on a, on approval, 30% up to 40% on, you know, you're, you're losing ground. And this is the strong point, right? Um, and the other thing that I think is going to start becoming a bigger issue for the Biden administration, if we had to pinpoint a time where it most felt like, oh, we're finally done with this, uh, uh, we're finally done with this pandemic, it's, you know, uh, you'd probably say Fourth of July weekend, you know? and Biden himself went out and gave his big speech. And he said, "We're emerging from the darkness of a year of pandemic and isolation, a year of pain. We're closer than ever to declaring our independence from a deadly virus." And then Delta came along. Actually, Delta was already there, but like then Delta really started increasing the number of cases, and all of a sudden, uh, this is a you know, all, all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like it's in our rearview mirror. It looks like it's something we're still going to be dealing with into the fall and maybe into the winter. And, you know, we're kind of left wondering. We were supposed to, you can tell the administration by how much they were focusing on the infrastructure bill. The administration thought, OK, pandemic stuff is over. It's time to return to normal politics. Now, all of a sudden, it's not. And let's also just emphasize, like, DeSantis can make a very strong argument for all the frustrations Biden has or all he wants to complain about Florida. A lot of the administration's problems are self-created, Right. It wasn't Ron DeSantis who told the CDC, draw a whole bunch of sweeping conclusions because of Provincetown. It wasn't Ron DeSantis who made uh, Francis Collins go on TV and say parents should be wearing masks around their kids. And Collins walked it back. But still, like the administration has got some real problems of its own. And the, you know, the most the I think the instinct of Biden is, oh, this is looking bad. Time to start blaming the Republican governors. Time to find, find me a new villain to, to, to you know, castigate. I need a new Trump. Because that's what got me here into this office. This is my strength, is I look good compared to the other guy. I need a new bad guy, and DeSantis is having none of it. No, and he's a great counterpuncher. Uh, Joe Biden is not up to that task. I mean, they wouldn't be on the same stage for quite a while now anyway, but even just this style of back and forth uh, is not good. And then, of course, you've got uh, 
the Biden administration through the CDC, claiming it's just the CDC uh, reimposing the uh, eviction moratorium is is absurd too. Although I don't think DeSantis said that. So if it's uh, if it's a fight between DeSantis and uh, Biden when it comes to uh, mental acuity and uh, quick retorts, uh, I think it's time for Joe Biden to throw in the towel. But not as my pillow towel, because you want to keep those around for your showers and uh, washing your hands. Uh, throw one of those cheap towels out there. Because uh, my pillow, fantastic products. The pillows, the, uh, the sheets, and of course, the six-piece towel set. They're soft, they're big, they're fluffy, they get you dry super fast. And right now, you can get them for a lot less. In fact, you can get the six-piece towel set, which is regularly $109.99, for only $39.99. Now, each set is two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two-pack. They're made from proprietary technology that makes them highly absorbent and soft to the touch without that lotion-y feel. They're made from cotton grown right here in the United States. They're available in a variety of colors and sizes. And they're machine washable, have a 60-day money-back guarantee, and a one-year limited warranty. Don't miss out on this deal. Visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code MARTINI at checkout or call 800-874-0104. It's the MyPillow six-piece towel set for just $39.99. Now, while you're there, take advantage of the deep discounts on all the MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets and the MyPillow premium pillows. MyPillow.com, promo code MARTINI, or call 800-874-0104. All right, Jim, let's talk about another governor and his uh, COVID response. That would be Gavin Newsom out in California. He is, of course, facing a recall effort that is on the ballot and will be held September 14th. And the fun part, of course, of the California recall, for those old enough to remember the one in 2003, on one side of the ballot, you're voting yes or no to recall. Yes is to remove. No is to keep. And then at the same time, if the recall is actually successful, who do you want to be the next governor? Uh, That's how we got Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, back in uh, 2003. And most recently, the polls have started to tighten up in California. But usually, uh, even though they might be within the margin of error, Gavin Newsom uh, looks like he's likely to stay, especially if you break it down to registered voters. There seems to be a an intensity advantage for Republicans, but there's not that many Republicans in California. But there's a new survey out from Survey USA and KABC in Los Angeles. Jim could be an outlier, but if it's not, uh, Gavin Newsom could be in a world of hurt just a little over a month from now. This one's not in the margin of error. 51% of likely voters in California's upcoming gubernatorial recall election today would vote yes to recall incumbent California Governor Gavin Newsom. 40% would vote no. And the margins are... uh, Pretty staggering here. Republicans support eight to one to recall him. No surprise. Uh, Democrats oppose, but only three to one. And independents support recalling Newsom five to three. Uh, Those who are fully or partially vaccinated against the coronavirus uh, narrowly back the recall, 47 to 43 percent. And those who are uh, not vaccinated, as you can imagine, uh, support the recall by about 40 percent. And when it comes to who would replace Newsom if, in fact, he were recalled. A Democrat is leading the way, but it's a Democrat named Kevin Paffrath, who's a YouTuber and real estate broker at 27% of the replacement vote. Larry Elder, who we know as a talk radio host, attorney, and filmmaker, author, and so forth, 23%. And the next closest is at 10%. So, uh, Jim, I don't know if we're going to get a YouTube blogger for our uh, next governor of California or whether this uh, poll is... Sensing a trend that nobody else is seeing yet, but what do you what do you make of this? You know, the more I think about it, 
the more I think that the job for Gavin Newsom is tough. And, and if the Delta variant had never come along and the sense was that the country was um, doing fine, you know, and, and everything was getting better, uh, you know, there was you know, the sense that the pandemic was in the rearview mirror. Fine, because, you know, as most you know, listeners know, California had some really strict uh uh, you know, restrictions into, you know, this is where the guy was arrested on the surfboard or windsurfing or whatever it was. Nancy Pelosi going into the hair salon that was shut down. You know, this, this was, you know, like most of blue America, California was pretty darn strict. It was the last places for the restrictions to get uh, lifted. Uh, or to some places like Los Angeles County, it's the first places mask mandates are coming back. And I think if you're incumbent and you're facing an unexpected uh, question of, do you want this person to stay in power? You need people to feel like things are going well. And that maybe as long as we were emerging from the pandemic, you know, there was some polling that made Newsom look like he was looking pretty strong. And then people say, ah, you know, okay, we, it really, the pandemic really stunk, but it wasn't Gavin Newsom's fault. Eh, things are going okay. Yeah, we didn't like the, you know, things are going fine. Things are getting better, you know. But if it's not that, and if you are frustrated, if you are being asked to mask up again, you are being, you know, worrying about whether your business is going to make it and whether people are going to be allowed to it or you're going to be told to stay inside your homes. You know, winter's coming. I mean, not just in the Game of Thrones way, but also <laughs> just literally like worse weather tends to get people to send them aside. They've still, you know, it's California. It's always got uh, wild uh, wildfires and mudslides and all kinds of accidents like that. But, you know, if you are an incumbent, you need people to feel good about how things are going. And it's, it's very easy to see people in California not feeling good about how things are going. And then there's one other complication. The, you know, the recall date is on September 14th. This is not occurring at the regular time, which means your average Californian, look, maybe, you know, listeners out there can inform me about whether they feel like this recall is getting uh, enormous amounts of news coverage and there's an enormous amount of interest so that all the people who aren't usually political diehards are paying attention to it. But in a situation like this where it's an off year and people might be kind of tired from 2020 and, you know, my guess is turnout's not going to be super duper high. And the people who do turn out are going to be the people who are most fired up about this. And I just find it much easier to see people being fired up against Gavin Newsom than it is to see people saying, I'm really fired up in favor of Gavin Newsom. I love the French Laundry, too. <laughs> and then, of course, he had the other issue of sending his kid to the summer camp that did not require masks while the state was requiring most summer camps uh, to have the kids masked up. So uh, not exactly the French Laundry redo, but uh, close enough in the minds of a lot of people, I think. So uh, we will find out. Still over a month to go. A lot of twists and turns can happen. We'll see what happens uh, with uh, COVID policies between now and then and whatever else pops up in California. But if uh, if that 11-point edge for the recall is anywhere close to accurate. This is going to be a fascinating story to watch. All right, Jim, another thing to watch is what you're paying for your auto and home insurance rates. And turns out you can probably save a whole lot more. But first of all, you need to compare your current policy with what you'd be paying for the same coverage somewhere else. But there's only one place that actually does that comparison, and that's Gabby. Get a better insurance with Gabby. And we know you can get that comparison and get a better deal because I've done it. Gabby is the one true comparison platform with fast, verifiable quotes, not ballpark guesses. You just use your current policy to find a better policy comparing your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers. And we're talking about companies like Progressive and Nationwide and Travelers. It's all in one place. You just use your current insurance information to get started and it's free. And they only show you policies that are the same or better than your current coverage. And many of them 
are likely to be at a lower price. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your information. So you'll never have to deal with annoying spam or robocalls. That's really good to know because you are giving them, obviously, some important information, depending on which insurance you're looking for, uh, where you live, uh, that sort of thing, your age. You don't want that getting out. So the fact that they protect your information is very, very important. And it's a very simple process, as we've said many times here. You just plug in information you already know, link to your existing policy. They compare what other companies will give you for the same coverage. And then you can uh, make that decision for yourself. We ultimately went with the coverage we already had, but having that peace of mind, very, very important to us. So put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. Totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash martini. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash martini. Again, Gabby.com slash martini. All right, Jim, let's talk about the squad here in our crazy martini. We often talk about AOC. Sometimes it's Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib. Once in a while, Ayanna Presley, but they got a new member in the 2020 House races, and that's Corey Bush from the St. Louis area of Missouri. Defeated uh, Lacey Clay in the Democratic primary last year and then easily won the general election. She's made headlines the past few days for sleeping out on the Capitol steps in her effort to demand that uh, the eviction moratorium be put back in place, which has been done now through the CDC and the Biden administration openly defying the Supreme Court. But Cori Bush is not done yet. She's still out there trying to defund the police, even though she admits she needs protection. So she's going to spend a lot of money on security. But apparently the rest of us don't need that in her mind, or at least just aren't going to get it. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. I'm doing important work, Jim. Therefore, my life is worth protecting. Yours? Eh. Greg, if before we started taping today, you and I had been asked, who is going to be the most impactful rookie of 2021? I think you would have predicted Justin Fields of the Bears. <laughs> I would have gone with Zach Wilson or Elijah Moore or, uh, you know, one of the folks the Jets had selected. But let's face it, Corey Bush, with this statement, is just head and shoulders above everybody else as the rookie who's going to have the single greatest impact on how things flow out for 2021. Um, not good for her team, not terrible for her team, in fact. Uh, it, it's This is going to come to an attack ad near you, in part because it so perfectly demonstrates, you know, up in, after the New York City mayoral primary, there was this added this sense of like, ah, you know, defund the police is dead. It's polling very, very badly. Uh, Democrats were never that into it. It was just a few fringe candidates. You know, what are you talking about, crazy conservatives? Even though this was, you know, you know not mostly at the uh, members of Congress and local uh, and state officials, but there, you know, this was not a a you know, biz, you know, fringe. Uh, Dennis Kucinich Department of Peace idea in the Democratic circles. Defund the police definitely got the grassroots really energized. And here is a member of Congress, a member of the squad, who long after Democrats were apparently giving it up, openly saying it, and then, of course, giving the most stunningly hypocritical argument that she herself 
one that she can afford 200 grand on private security, but she needs private security. But everyone else doesn't really need the police because the police are bad and, and abusive and, and all kind of stuff. Um, I, I can only imagine what her voicemails are like today. I can only imagine what her email accounts, and I can only imagine what other Democrats are saying because they know, regardless of whether or not they agree with Cory Bush, they're going to have Cory Bush thrown at them from now until election day 2022 and they deserve to and the whole kind of gaslighting no democrat really wants to abolish the police yeah they do you know maybe not a majority but enough of them do are they going to do it no there's just nowhere near the public opinion but this absurd and ex- extraordinarily uh counterproductive proposal one that generally harms minority communities because they're the ones who are victims of the crime um it it is uh, if Cori Bush had announced of sense, she would have realized this. She went on CBS News this morning and chose to announce it to the world, and the Democrats will reap the world. So this is a, like a crazy martini, but I guess if you're a Republican, it's a kind of a good martini, too. <laughs> it is a good martini. And I also noticed the Washington Post had a story today that fresh off their eviction moratorium win, uh, AOC and Cori Bush and probably the rest of the squad are out there trying to get an extension on people not having to pay back student loans. So uh, apparently nobody's ever going to have to pay back anything. So this will be good for the economy, too. Greg, we should emphasize that when they talk about the big win on this issue, they mean that they have convinced President Biden to do something that he himself said he thinks is unconstitutional. Yes. Way to go, guys. Way to go. Oh, man. The squad's the gift that keeps on giving in some ways. But, uh, Jim, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thank you for being with us today. Please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast if you don't already. Tell your friends about us as well. We're very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday, and please join us on Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit DanaRadio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.